Next Chapter Podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Shifting Schools Podcast. If you are a fan of this show and a fan of podcasts, consider checking out Shifting Schools. We drop a new episode every Monday. Also, be sure to check out over 60 free guides and resources we have for educators on our website at shiftingschools.com. Next Chapter Podcasts, in collaboration with Fiasco Theater, presents the Play On podcast series, Measure for Measure. Episode 4, Angel on the Outward Side. For the best listening experience, be sure to use headphones or earbuds. Let your own intellect judge what is true, and banish falsehoods hiding in plain view. So you hope for a pardon from Lord Angela? The miserable have no other medicine but only hope. I hope to live, but am prepared to die. Hmm. But be sure of death. Then either death or life will be the sweeter. Uh, Reason so. Life, if I do lose you, I do lose a thing that only fools would keep. A breath you are. Subject to all the fickle vagaries that do this body wherein you reside, hourly afflict. Or simply, you are death's fool. For him you labor, you try to escape him, yet you run toward him still. (laughs) You're, you're, You're not noble for the comforts that you love, serve your basest needs. You're by no means brave, for you do fear the soft and tender fork of a poor worm. (laughs) Your best of rest is sleep, and that you often seek, yet grossly fear your death, which is no more. You're not yourself, for you are made of many thousand grains that issue out of dust. Happy you're not for what you have not, that you strive to get, and and what you have, well, that you forget. Inconstant, for your spirits are known to rise and fall by the moon. If you're rich, well, then you're poor. For like an ass whose back beneath gold is bent, you drag your heavy riches but a journey till death unloads them. Friends, you have none. For your own children, who do call you sire, the truest scions of your flesh and blood, do curse the gout, the hacking, and the rash for ending you no sooner. Mm. You've neither youth nor age, but as it were, an after-dinner sleep, dreaming on both. For all your blessed youth, you wish for wealth and years and beg the alms of crippled age. And then when you're old and rich, 
You've neither heat, affection, limb, nor beauty to enjoy your riches. Huh. So what is, what is in all this that deserves to be called life? Yet within this life lie hidden thousand deaths. Yet death we fear that makes all of these odds even. I humbly thank you. In seeking life, I see I'm chasing death. If I seek death, I'll live. Let it come on. Hello? Peace here, grace and good company. Who's there? Oh, come in. The wish deserves a welcome. Dear sir, before long, I'll visit again. Most holy sir, I thank you. My business is a word or two with Claudio. And very welcome. Look, senor, your sister. Uh, Provost, a word with you. As many as you please. Conceal me where I may hear all they say. Aye. Here, Father. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, sister, what's the comfort? Why, as all comforts, it's good. Most good. Lord Angelo, having business to heaven, intends you for his swift ambassador. They are to remain an everlasting envoy. Therefore, your preparations make with speed. Tomorrow, you set on. Is there no remedy? None. But such remedy that to save a head would cleave a heart in twain. But there's something? Well, yes, brother. You may live. There is a devilish mercy in the judge, if you'll invoke it, that will free your life, but fetter you till death. So life in prison? Yes, just a life in prison. A restraint that even if you traveled across this world would hem your soul. But in what way? In such a way that if you do consent, it would strip your honor off as it were bark and leave you naked. Please, what is your point? Oh, I fear for you, Claudio. And I quake lest you a feverous life would entertain and six or seven winters more esteem than perpetual honor. Dare you die? Fear of death is worse than anticipation, but the poor beetle that we step upon in corporal suffering feels a pang as great as when a giant dies. Why do you give me shame? You think I'll fetch resolve within myself from flowery rhetoric? If I must die, I will encounter darkness as a bride. Embrace her in my arms. Ah, oh, there spoke my brother. There my father's grave did utter forth a voice. Yes, you must die. You are too noble to preserve your life through baseness. This saintly-seeming deputy whose stony visage and deliberate words nip youth before it buds, and follies hunts as falcon hunts fowl, is himself a devil. Were he to vomit forth the filth within, he would reveal a pond as deep as hell. The princely Angelo? Oh, it is the cunning disguise of hell, the damnest person to adorn and dress in princely costume. Can you believe, Claudio, if I would yield him my virginity... You might be freed. Oh, heavens! It can't be! Yes. He would free you from this rank offense to go offend himself. This very night he wants from me what I abhor to name or else you die tomorrow. You shall not do it. Were it only my life, 
I'd throw it down for your deliverance as lightly as a pin. Thanks, dear Isabel. Prepare, my brother, for your death tomorrow. Yes. Does he have such strong desires in him that he'd bite the very nose of the law he wishes to enforce? It's not a sin. Of the deadly seven, it's the least. Which is the least? If it were sinful, he being so wise, why would he for a momentary trick risk eternal damnation? Isabel. What say you, brother? Death's a fearful thing. And shamed life a hateful. Yes. But to die, and go we know not where, to lie in cold confinement and to rot, the sensible warm body to become a lump of clay, and the miraculous soul to bathe in fiery floods, or to reside in piercing regions of thick-ribbed ice, to be entrapped inside the blinding wind and blown with restless violence round about the pendant globe, or to be worse, like all those lawless creatures of immoral thought condemned to howl. It is too horrible. The weariest and most loathed worldly life, the pain that age and ache and poverty can lay on nature oh. is a paradise to what we fear of death. Oh, God. Sweet sister, let me live. Ugh. The sin you do to save a brother's life, nature forgives such a deed so much so that it becomes a virtue. Oh, you wretch. You faithless coward. You dishonest beast. Would you buy freedom with your own sister's vice? Is it not a kind of incest to steal life from your own sister's shame? What should I think? My mother played my father for a fool! For such a warped perversion of nature never came from his blood. Take my contempt! Die! Perish! If a simple curtsy might reprieve you from your fate, I wouldn't do it. I'll pray a thousand prayers for your death. No word to save you. No, 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 hear me, Isabel. Oh, shame, shame, shame. Your sin's not accidental, but a habit. Mercy to you would promulgate the sin. It's best that you die quickly. Oh, hear me, Isabella. Uh, 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 miss, excuse me, excuse me, ma'am. Um, <clears throat> Might I have a word, young sister? Just one word. Uh, what is your wish? If you might spare your leisure, I would, I would, I would speak with you in, in, in one moment. What I would speak of benefits us both. I have no leisure. My moments must be stolen out of other affairs. Please, please. Oh, but I will await you a while. Thank you. One moment. <clears throat> My son, I have overheard what just passed between you and your sister. Now understand 
that Angelo never intended to corrupt her. He only tests her virtue to exercise his skill as a judge of human nature. Now she, having the truth of honor in her, has given him that gracious denial which he is most relieved to hear. I am confessor to Angelo, and I know this to be true. Therefore, prepare yourself for death. Do not soften your resolution with false hope. Tomorrow, you must die. Now go to your knees and make ready. Let me ask my sister's pardon. I'm so out of love with life that I will beg to be rid of it. All right, good, good. Hold that thought. Farewell. Sister Isabel, the hand that hath made you lovely made you good. So often beauty values goodness cheap, and in such persons goodness withers, unvalued and unused. But true virtue, which is the soul of your complexion, will keep you ever fair. Now this assault that Angelo has made on you, fortune has conveyed to my ear. And had not human frailty given us many examples for this failing, I'd never have believed it of Angelo. Now what will you do to satisfy this deputy and to save your brother? I will answer him that I had rather my brother die by the law than that my son should be unlawfully born. But oh, how the good duke is deceived in Angelo! If ever he returns, I'll speak my truth, perhaps in vain, but he'll hear of Lord Angelo's conduct. Well, this would not be amiss. Yet, as the matter now stands, he will refute your accusation, saying he was only testing you. So therefore, hear my advice. For to my desire to do good, a solution presents itself. Now, I do believe that you might do a poor wronged lady a much-needed service, redeem your brother from the angry law, place no stain on your own gracious person, and much please the absent duke, if perhaps he should ever return to hear of this business. Let me hear you speak further. I have the spirit to do anything that does not run afoul of the truth of my spirit. Yes, yes, virtue is bold, and goodness need fear no man. Now, have you heard tell of Mariana, the sister of Frederick, the great soldier who capsized at sea? I have heard of the lady, and good words went with her name. Listen to this. She should have married this Angelo. They were betrothed by oath, and the nuptials set. Now, between the signing of their marriage contract and their formal wedding, her brother Frederick was lost at sea, carrying in that capsized vessel the dowry of his sister. But hear how heavily this befell the poor gentlewoman. In one blow she lost a noble and renowned brother, one who in his love toward her was always most natural and kind, and with him her portion and the marrow of her fortune, her marriage dowry, and with both her promised husband, this well-seeming Angelo. Oh, can this be true? Yes. Did Angelo so abandon her? He left her to her tears, drying not a one with his comfort, swallowed his vows whole, made a pretense of discovering some dishonor in her. In brief, abandoned her to her grief, which she carries to this day, and he, stoned to her tears, is washed with them, but relents not. How good were death if it took this poor maiden from this world! How corrupt is life that it lets this man live! But how, from all of this, can she benefit? Her injury is one that you may easily heal, and the cure of it not only saves your brother, but protects you from dishonor. Show me how, good father. 
This aforementioned maid still suffers from her first affection. His unjust cruelty, which by all rights should have quenched her love, has, uh, like boulders in a current, turned it more violent and unruly. Now go you to Angelo. Answer his command with plausible obedience. Agree to his demands on every point. Only make these requests. First, that your stay with him must not be long that the time spent must be all in shadow and in silence, and that the place be convenient. Now, if he grants these stipulations, and everything depends on this, we will advise the wronged maid to keep your appointment and go in your place. Now, when this encounter is later revealed, it may compel him to make reparations. And by way of this deception, your brother can be saved, your honor remain untainted, poor Mariana benefited, and the corrupt deputy exposed. Now, I will speak to Mariana and prepare her for our plan. If you see fit to carry this out, I believe the dual benefit will exempt our deceit from any reproof. So what do you think? (laughs) The idea gives me satisfaction already. And I trust it will grow to prosperous perfection. It depends much on your success. Haste with all speed to Angelo. If he entreats you to his bed this very night, give him your promise of satisfaction. I'll go at once to St. Luke's. There at the moated grange resides the dejected Mariana. Now find me there. Hurry now to Angelo, that you may conclude your business quickly. Oh, I thank you for this comfort. Farewell, good father. Farewell. Farewell, sister. Red Bull Theatre, in association with Fiasco Theatre, present The Night of the Burning Pestle by Francis Beaumont, running April 18th to May 14th, 2023, at the Lucille Lortel Theatre. Tickets on sale soon. One of the first parodies of the English theatre, this Elizabethan comedy is a joyful romp that celebrates our collective capacity to improvise and natural desire to be center stage. A play about the elopement of star-crossed lovers called The London Merchants is about to be performed when an unexpected interruption occurs. The actors adapt and invent a new story, an outrageous quest called The Night of the Burning Pestle, which takes over the stage in hilariously disruptive ways. Everyone shares in the triumph of love, adventure, and the anything-can-happen nature of live theater. Visit FiascoTheater.com for more information. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Oh, I thank you for this comfort. Farewell, good father. Farewell. Farewell, sister. 
Now, no! If you people God. persist in Come buying on. and selling ah. men and women like animals, we'll All soon right. have a world riddled with bastards. Jeez, oh, geez. heavens, what nonsense is this? Ah, there's no joy left since of the two sins, the merry one is eradicated and the worse one still sanctioned by law. Out on the streets, the moneylender's warm and cozy in his furs. He's got him trimmed with fox and lambskins. He's spared no expense for his, his purse is well lined. So's his back. Yeah, it's clear that cunning profits over innocence. Come with me, sir. Oh, man. Bless you, good father friar. And you, good brother father. Uh, how has this man offended you, sir? <laughs> Why, sir, he has offended the law. And, sir, we suspect him of thievery, too, and such shall be investigated. Plus, he's a pimp. Shame, sir. A procurer, a wicked pimp. The evil that you've encouraged to be done, your means of livelihood, do you consider that you have filled your stomach, clothed your back from filthy vice? Is he talking to me? And reprimand yourself. From these abominable, beastly acts, I drink, I eat, I dress myself, and live. Can you believe your living is a life? So stinkingly supported? Go mend! Go mend! Indeed, it does stink in some parts, sir. But yet, sir, I would prove... No, no, if the devil gives you proofs for sin, then you'll oh, prove his. Oh, oh, no, you don't, dirty boy. Take him to prison, officer. Correction and instruction must both work, or else this rude beast profits. He's been mm, before Lord Angelo, sir, and has been given warning. Mm -hmm. The deputy cannot abide a whoremaster. If he purchased the services of whores and appeared before him, it would go worse for him still. That we were all, as some appear to be, free from faults and free from hypocrisy. His neck shall be circled as your waist is, sir, with a cord. Ha <laughs> Juggy! I spy comfort! I cry bail! Here's a gentleman and a friend of mine. Whoa, hoi, how now, noble Pompey? What, at the wheels of Caesar? Oh, are you letting hey. triumph? <laughs> are we to have no more painted harlots turning out men's pockets for a profit then, huh? <laughs> oh, what say you to this new song, this dance, this madness? What is this new world? What are its ways? Oh, are we all to be melancholy and silent? Is this the new fashion? It gets worse and worse. Hey, how fares my dear morsel, your mistress? Procures she still, uh. huh? And truth, sir, with no beef left to cure, she herself now lies in a salting tub. Well, I mean, you know, this is good. Actually, it, it is right. It must be so. The fresh whore withers into the powdered madam, and so it goes on and on. It's an inexorable cycle, huh? <laughs> Twas ever thus. <laughs> hey, are you off to prison, Pompey? Yes, indeed, sir. Well, and that's as it should be, too, Pompey. <laughs> Farewell. Tell them I sent you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Shh. Hey. For debts, Pompey, or what? For uh, being a pimp, sir. For being a pimp. Oh, well, then imprison him. If imprisonment is the due of a pimp, why, then it's his right. For pimp he doubtless is, and of long standing, too. He's pimp-born. Well, uh, oh, farewell, good Pompey. Hey, convey my regards to prison. <laughs> You'll be one of the best husbands now, Pompey, right? You'll keep the house. <laughs> oh, 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 I, I hope, sir, your good worship will provide my bail. No, indeed I will not, Pompey. It is not the fashion of the day. Instead, I'll pray, Pompey, to increase your bondage. What? Receive your punishment patiently now and with metal. Adieu, trusty Pompey. Oh, um, bless you, Friar. Uh -oh. And you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Does, does Bridget paint her face still, Pompey, huh? Come oh, away, sir, man. come. 
Just a second. Hey, you, you will not bail me out then, sir? Well, not then, Pompey, nor now. So, uh, what news from abroad, Friar? Hey, wait, wait, wait. Don't go away, sir. Come on, don't take it like a man. Or don't take it like a man. It's going to be up to you. Come on. Son of What news, Friar, of the Duke? Um, uh, I, uh, I know none. Can you, can, do, can you tell me of any? Well, some say he's with the Emperor of Russia, others that he is in Rome, but where do you think he is? I, I know not where, uh, but where, wheresoever, I wish him well. It was a mad fantastical trick he played, oh, to steal away from his state and counterfeit a common life he was never born to. But Lord Angelo dukes it well in his absence. He puts transgressions to the knife. Well, he does well in this. Yeah, but a little leniency to lechery wouldn't kill him. He's somewhat too severe that way, Friar. Well, it is too popular a vice, and severity will cure it. <laughs> yes, it's true. The vice has many friends and cousins. It is well allied, but... <sighs> It is impossible to eradicate it quite, Friar, unless eating and drinking were abolished too. You know, they say this Angelo was not made by man and woman in the uh, natural way. Is that true, do you think? Uh, well, how else would he be made then? Some report a mermaid spawned him. Some that he was begot between two dried cod. But <laughs> I'll tell you this, it is certain that when he makes water, his urine is congealed ice. That I know to be true. And below the waist, he possesses a puppet in place of an organ, if you know right, what I mean. You are facetious, sir, and you spread idle gossip. God, why, what a ruthless thing this is in him. For the insurrection of a codpiece to take away the life of a man? Would the absent duke have done this? Uh-uh. Rather than hanging a man for getting a hundred bastards, he would have paid a hundred nurses a thousand crowns. He had some feeling for the sport, huh? He knew the ways of vice, and this gave him a sense of mercy. Well, I never heard the absent duke much known for lechery. He was not inclined that way. <laughs> oh, sir, you are deceived. That's not possible. <laughs> what? Not the duke? No. Come on. Why, I knew a beggar woman of no less than 50, and he habitually put a coin in her clap dish. <laughs> can, can... Oh, the Duke had strange and deviant fancies, no doubt. And he was a drunk, too. That, let me tell you. Surely you wrong him, sir? Oh, sir, I was an intimate of his. A shy, retreating fellow was the Duke, but I do believe I know the cause of his absence. Well, in what, pray? What is the cause? Oh, no, your pardon, sir. It is a secret that must be locked betwixt my lips and my teeth. Oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. But this much I'll drop in your ear. Come back, come back. A great number of his subjects believe the Duke to be wise. Wise? Why? Well, there's no question that he is. He's oh, wise. no. He was a very superficial, ignorant, and thoughtless fellow. Look, either you suffer from envy, folly, or mistaking. The very course of the Duke's life and his great works would, were it necessary, provide him with a better proclamation. Make his achievements his testimony, and he will appear to all as a scholar, a statesman, and a soldier. You speak ignorantly, or, if you are, in fact, knowledgeable, sir, then your speech is much darkened with malice. Sir, I know him, and I love him. <laughs> love speaks with better knowledge, and knowledge with better love. Oh, come now, sir, I know what I know. Well, I cannot believe that, since you know not whereof you speak. But 
Ha, Nip, listen, if ever the Duke returns, as we pray that he may, uh-huh. I request of you that you appear before him, and if you speak truth now, you will have the courage to maintain it then. I intend to call upon you, and what is your name? Sir, my name is Lucio. It is well known to the Duke. Yes, and he will know you better, sir, if I may live to report you. Oh, I fear you not. Oh, so you hope the Duke will never return? Or you think me too harmless an opponent? Well, it's true that I can do you little harm, but you will retract these words. You're wrong there, Friar. I'll be hanged first. But enough of this. (laughs) Now, can you tell me if Claudio is to die tomorrow? And tell me, why would he die, sir? Why? For filling a bottle with a funnel. That's why. God, I wish the Duke we speak of were returned again. This eunuch deputy will unpeople the province with his abstinence. He'll ban sparrows from nesting in his house eaves and call them lecherous, for God's sake. But the Duke saw to it that deeds done under covers were dealt with under cover. He would never parade them so publicly. Oh, I wish he was returned. Our Claudio is condemned for undressing. No more. All right, farewell, good friar. I, I pray you keep me in your prayers, okay? Now, the Duke, I tell you once again, he chased mutton every Friday. Baby, All right. Okay? He's past his prime now, and that's the truth. Now, okay. he'd gladly snog a beggar woman, though she stank of brown bread and garlic, okay? Right. And you farewell. can say I told you so. Tell him now. Farewell, baby. Farewell. There is no mortal man noble enough to escape censure. Backstabbing calumny strikes at the purest virtue. There is no king can stench the poison gall from slanderous tongues. And now who comes here? Now who comes here? Provost, away with her to prison. No, no, good my lady, be good to me. Wait, 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 wait. Your Honor is said to be a merciful woman. Good, my lady. Double and triple warnings and still caught in the same act. But you make mercy curse and turn tyrant. What are you talking a, about? A procuress going on 11 years now, oh, provost. What? We have proof. No. Lock her up. You, what proof? My, my lady. Okay. All right, listen. Mm. It is one Lucio informed against me. In the Duke's time, Mistress Kate Keepdown was with child by him, and he had promised her marriage. His child will be a year and a quarter now come May Day, and I have kept this to myself. But you see how he abuses me now? Signor Lucio, this fellow is licentious. Well, let him be called before us. Away with her to prison. <laughs> this is so Go- No more words. Oh God, come no, on, no, mistress. Lord Angelo will not be swayed. Claudio must die tomorrow. Mm. Let him be furnished with prayers and have all charitable preparation. If Angelo were moved by pity as I am, it would not be so. So please you, this friar has been with him and advised him for meeting with death. Bonjour. A bliss and goodness on you. Come on, mistress, let's go. Oh my God, do I get a phone call? Where's my lawyer? I don't have a lawyer. Oh, good evening, good father. Uh, where are you from? Uh, not of this country, uh, though my fortune is now to reside here for some time. Mm. What's the news abroad? None. But that goodness runs such a fever that only death will cure it. 
are fashion's favorite novelty. It's as perilous to remain constant as it is virtuous to change your mind. There's barely enough trust to make relationships secure, but enough foolish overconfidence to curse them. Mm. Upon these riddles runs the world. It's old news, yet it is every day's news. I, I beg you, madam, tell me, what, what sort of man was the duke? One that, above all else, struggled to know himself. Huh. And to what pleasures was he inclined? More than his own pleasure. He rather rejoiced at seeing joy in others. A gentleman of great moderation. But let us leave him to his events with a prayer that he may prove prosperous. Yes. And let me ask how you find Claudio prepared. I understand that you have visited him. Um, he professes to have received no unjust punishment from his judge, but most willingly humbles himself to the determination of justice. Huh. Now, he had imagined, provoked by his fears and frailty, that there might be some hope in false promises of life, but I, by my good leisure, have disabused him, and he is now uh, resolved to die. You have done heaven's work, <laughs> and the prisoner is in debt to your calling. I have labored for this poor gentleman to the extreme bounds of my modesty. But my fellow justice is so severe, I can do no more, for he is justice. Well, if his own life answers to the strictness of his proceeding, it shall become him well. Hmm. But if he should chance to fail, then he has sentenced himself. Well, I'll go visit the prisoner. Fare you well. Hmm. And peace be with you. governs under heaven here should be as holy as severe. Pattern in himself to show, stand with grace, with virtue go, no more nor less to others paying than his self-offenses weigh. Shame to him whose cruel striking kills for faults of his own liking. Twice triple shame on Angelo, to weed my vice but let his grow. Oh, what may man within him hide, though angel on the outward side? And how may the lies told in an act of crime perpetuate deceit upon our time and draw with idle spider strings power and more substantial things? Craft against vice I must apply. With Angelo, tonight shall lie his old betrothed, now despised. So disguise shall by the disguised pay with falsehood false exacting and enforce an old contract. Seals of love, but sealed in 
Mariana. I I beg your pardon, Friar, and, well, I wish you had not found me here so musical. No, no, no. Let me excuse myself, and please believe the song displeased my mirth, but pleased my woe. It's good, though music often has such charm to make bad good, and good provoke to harm. Mm. I beg you, tell me, has anybody inquired for me today? Around this time I have a meeting promised here. You have not been inquired after. I have sat here all day. Ah, ah, Mariana, my loyalty to you is constant. The time has come, I beg a moment of your absence, and hope to call upon you soon with a proposal to your advantage. I am ever bound to you. Thank you. Very well met, and welcome, Isabel. What is the news from the uh, good deputy? Well, he has a garden walled around with brick whose western side is with a vineyard backed. And to this vineyard there's a wooden gate that one may open with this larger key. Mm-hmm. This other key commands a little door, which from the vineyard to the garden leads. There have I made my promise in the heavy middle of the night to call upon him. Can you, with just this knowledge, find your way? I've memorized the directions with care, in whispers and with guilty diligence, with cautious and detailed speech, he showed me the way twice or. Are there no other signs that you've agreed on for Mariana to observe? No, none but this encounter in the dark, and that I have informed him that my stay can be but brief, for I have let him know I have a servant who escorts me there, who will wait for me, whose belief it is I come about my brother. Yes, this will work. I have not yet revealed to Mariana a word of this. Hello, inside. Oh. Uh, come forth. Yes, Friar. Uh, um, Mariana, I pray you, be acquainted with Isabella. Oh. She comes to do you good. I do desire it. Now, Mariana, are you convinced of my respect? Good Friar, certain of it. I- I've seen proof. Take, then, this new companion by the hand. Now, she has a story ready for your ear. Now, I will attend you here, but please make haste. The vaporous night approaches. Oh. Will it please you to walk inside? Yes, please. Yes. Good. Good. The Play On podcast series Measure for Measure was translated into modern English verse by Aditi Brennan Kapil and directed by Jesse Austrian. The cast is as follows. Kimberly Chatterjee as Aeschylus, Juliet, and Mariana. Noah Brody as Pompey. Emily Young as Isabella and Mistress Overdone. Ben Steinfeld as Lucio and Froth. Andy Grote-Lucian as Duke. Tina Chillip as Provost and Francisca. Devin E. Hawk as Claudio, Barnadine, and Second Gentleman. Paco Tolson as Elbow, Aporson, Friar Peter and First Gentleman. Paul L. Coffey as Angelo. Jesse Austrian as Receptionist and Miscellaneous Voices. Michael Goodfriend, Miscellaneous Voices. Casting by the Telsey Office, Karen Castle CSA and Ada Karamanian. Voice and text coach, Julie Foe. Episode scripts were adapted and produced by Catherine Eaton and Nat Cassidy. Original music composition, sound design, and mix by Lindsay Jones. Sound engineering by Sadaharu Yagi. 
mix engineer and dialogue editor Larry Walsh and Robert McNabb. Podcast mastering by Greg Cortez at New Monkey Studio. Coordinating producer, Transcend Streaming, Kira Bowie and Liana Keys. Managing producer, Robert Capadona. Executive producer, Michael Goodfriend. The Senior Manager of Business Operations and Partnerships at Next Chapter Podcast is Sally Cade Holmes. The Play On Podcast series Measure for Measure is produced by Next Chapter Podcasts in collaboration with Fiasco Theatre and is made possible by the generous support of the Hits Foundation. Visit ncpodcast.com for more about the Play On Podcast series. Visit playonshakespeare.org for more about Play On Shakespeare. Visit fiascotheater.com to learn more about their exciting upcoming productions and workshops. Hear more about the Play on Shakespeare podcast series by subscribing to Play on Premium at ncpodcasts.com, where you'll find interviews with the artists, producers, and engineers who brought it all to life. And remember, let your own intellect judge what is true and banish falsehoods hiding in plain view. Next Chapter Podcasts.